everybody welcome back to another episode of two dimes in a token i'm one of your hosts officially new name is called babyface brock because i look like an 11 year old child correction one year old after a sh- after a good little shave things happen man you start to develop start to grow grow backwards that is so before we get into the episode i need to let you guys know that this episode is brought to you by the amazing the most wonderful facial hair products on the planet death grip wax death grip wax we recently went to uh the 2020 2023 mustache and beard competition um which is that episode is going to be dropping here soon guys so be on the lookout um most amazing products they they won six championships if that doesn't tell you what you need to know about death grip wax then you probably shouldn't be growing facial hair because you don't deserve it but if you're looking to tune up your facial hair game especially that mustache you want to get that nice little flex in posting those curls you want to pull that nice little english long needle this is the stuff that you want to use they're the number one stuff in the game and they have amazing beard oils and all 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 kinds of different things that you can utilize to take your facial hair game from a b plus to a fucking a plus 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 all right so whenever you have a chance make sure you guys use the promo code two dimes in a token all caps you get 20 percent off every single one of your purchases at the website death grip wax so in this episode guys uh, i'm super excited for this one man this guy was this guy was truly an awesome dude he he let us come into his personal arcade um to shoot a podcast with him his name is mr cyrus fees he's actually um an announcer for the bare knuckle boxing and just an awesome guy man was the moment we reached out to him he said uh, absolutely come on down we we ended up meeting him in tennessee um at his personal arcade that he owns him and a partner and um it's called vision quest and when we went in there we got to we got to get an inside scoop of the new redesign they did and it was just an awesome experience man um it's a total virtual reality type um arcade and just truly an awesome experience but sitting down with him man understanding his journey he had an awesome story to tell he was an awesome guy and you guys are in for a really really good treat and if you if you have not please go check him out on his socials man because like i said he's got some awesome highlights he does some great content especially with him being the announcer of bare knuckle boxing um and it's definitely one you're not going to want to miss so uh, other than that before we get into the episode make sure you guys go in hit the subscribe button help us out right we need you guys we need the love to continue to pour in love us so that we can love you and bless you with more more content as we travel across the country to try to get the most interesting stories that we can for you guys so be sure to go in make sure you guys subscribe leave some comments comments this week we need you to put your spice of the week in the comments on the youtube page so go in there drop your spice of the week and i think that should be it yes that is it so without further ado make sure you enjoy mr cyrus fees So tell me this, what is bucked up? Yeah, it's just, a, it's an energy drink. It's one of those evil energy drinks. Yes. 
<laughs> like the monster 666 thing, right? No, yeah. no, they're great, actually. I mean, it's um, so it's like one of the number one sponsors for uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships. So I'm all the time talking about it, and I support it, and I drink it. Yeah. My wife just jumps on me if I drink too many. Yeah. So you know I what like I mean? Get yeah. over that 40, that's that 40 good. spot, and you got to be careful with yourself a little bit. But uh, That's amazing. So it does. It tastes phenomenal. So this is our official drink of the pod. Yes, the Rocket Pop. One day, maybe we'll we'll have uh, sponsored by Bucked Up. It's possible. Drink of the pod. It's possible. Uh, very, very possible. Anything happens. Shoot your shot. There you go. Um, <laughs> awesome, man. So first and foremost, I know we've been kind of chatting, setting things up, but this place is incredible. So thank, thank you. you so much for letting us come in here. Um, and just check this place out. Like we're gonna have some B-roll as we're going through the podcast, but this place sure. is insane. Yeah. So, um, big reason, man. Another another thank you for coming on the pod. Yeah. No giving doubt. us your time. Um, big reason I saw you're involved in so many different things, man. Yeah. A few things. And um, let's get down to brass tacks, dude. Like, where did you start out? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Des Moines, Iowa, yeah. in the Midwest. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, I, I love the Midwest. There's something about it that, that's real cool and like yeah. homey. And like you think of like hometown stuff and you think of the Midwest, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I grew up there and yeah, it, it was good. It yeah. was good, man. You know, good values, all that sort of thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, definitely a lot of struggles, but you know, it, it is what it is. I feel like that'd be like what you see in the movies a little bit. Is it like, it is. is it really just straight? It's openness? Wonder Years stuff, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> Have you awesome. Ever seen Wonder Years? Yes, Wonder Years. dude. That's yeah. one of the greatest shows that ever existed. I sure, love that. It is. Yeah. So, um, so what, how did you get started into the steps of your career? Because I think I'd heard you say earlier, like you loved the idea of commentating and being involved in that type of stuff. So, how did you get started into this? So, Man, always just wanted to be the center of attention. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I think that. that's more than anything. Uh, I didn't really have it in my head to go into broadcasting until I think I got into high school. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I had a voice and I had a few teachers and I had a few people in my life that were like, okay, you could do this. Like, you have a good voice and um, you should go on stage. You should do some drama and you should do some broadcasting and you should do radio and um, it just sort of all snowballed, but I just yeah. all be about being the center of attention and, you know, and, um, trying to stand out and had it in my mind. I was going to be famous by 25. Like that was, nice. that, that was the jam. Like that's what I was going by forever until I hit 25 and I wasn't where I wanted to be. And I was like, all right, we got to kick this thing into high gear, kick it into high gear. Nice. <laughs> what's the, um, so like you said, past the age of 25, what's the first, or what would you call the first big break that you got in your commentating career or broadcasting? Wow. Yeah, so yeah, there's a few things. So I I like to say that I manifested a lot of my destiny. Like I I made. Hey, there's a big word on our podcast. That's yeah, a big yeah. word. We had quite a few guests that have said manifestation, yeah. manifest, manifest. I love to hear that. That's amazing. Well, you know, I I went to school for it. So I went to a school about 30 minutes from here in Greenville, Tennessee. Very small college named Tusculum University. I want to say it's the third or fourth oldest college in the United States. My dad went there. I just kind of followed his footsteps because yeah. I was comfortable with the area. And, uh, and I came down here. I went for broadcasting. They did not have the best broadcasting program, admittedly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I didn't, like, come to a college visit. I was never in the position to, like, you know, do college visits out of state. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, I feel you. So I was just, you know, I was on the phone with them, and they convinced me, like, hey, come to our college. And they were very persistent. I was like, all right. So I went. 
And the broadcasting program was not great. Of course, it's all about what you make of it. But it's not like when I graduated, I had a shoe in to go to the news station or I had a shoe in to go to this network or that network. I never had that. So when I graduated, I was like, all right, how do I get myself on TV? How do I make this happen? And I had started doing ring announcing for fights and for pro wrestling because I always liked that job. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go to WWF one day or I'm going to go to UFC or whatever. Yeah. Pretty much WWF at that point. And, uh, and I was like, how do I do this? So I created a TV show, like a public access show yeah. here in the Tri-Cities of Tennessee. And it was just covering fights. It was just like the fights that they would have on Saturday at our local arena or they would have at different arenas or gymnasiums. And I was like, it would be cool if there was a TV show that covered this stuff and we could get sponsors for it and – yeah, that sort of thing. And I just I gave myself TV time that I would have never got if I just waited around or sent in applications. Wow. I was like, OK, here's 30 minutes every week of me on TV hosting. And that's where it started. Yeah. And that's where I started making connections. So it all started with a very little local access show that we were able to get nationally syndicated and fight and scratch. And, and that and that's what we did. Dude, you know? that is incredible, dude. Sure. That's, that's amazing. So so then obviously it kind of leads up to a little bit more of, of where you are. And we were walking in here, I got I gotta ask you about that. You interviewed Ronda Rousey. What are some of yeah. the what are some of the coolest people that you felt that you've talked to before? Oh man. Uh, I've talked so just just in the last few years, um, I, I had a podcast. I still have a podcast yeah. called In This Corner with Cyrus Feast. Nice. And it's like the biggest legends in all of mixed martial arts and like old school UFC and new school and bare knuckle. And I've been able to interview a lot of guys from Tito Ortiz to um, Ken Shamrock, Dan Severn. Um, The list goes on and on. Mayhem Miller and, you know, guys from bare knuckle, um, Eddie Alvarez, just so many big stars in fighting, you know, which has been really, really cool. so yeah, I mean, a lot of fighting people for sure, <laughs> I love which that. is cool. Yeah, I love being in the space. I've gotten to know these guys over the years, and I can just call them, and and we make things happen. Chael Sonnen, just so many cool guys. You know, that's and, amazing. Chael Sonnen would be someone to be interesting, especially with his his personality yeah. set and how, how aggressive he is. I've worked with a, I've worked with them so many times. Like I did a wrestling show that uh, Jeff Jarrett started back in like 2016, and. Another one of those things that I manifested. Yeah. I shot my shot, dude. And like, that's incredible. I started showing up and text messaging him, figuring out his number from different connections, and then just blew him up all the time. Yeah. And like, showed up at a, an event he was doing and wouldn't leave him alone. Like, I waited till the end of the event and finally talked to him. And it's like, finally, he's like, all right, I'm going to give him a shot. This kid won't leave me alone. Yeah. And that's what he told everybody. He's like, this is the most persistent person I've ever met. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but I mean, if you don't, you get lost in the shuffle, especially in entertainment. Yeah. If you're not willing to be aggressive and you're not willing to put yourself out there, yeah. then good luck. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, because we, we've we've interviewed a lot of people, especially in the business front. And actually, last week's episode, we were uh, talking to a really good friend of mine. His name is Stephen Batman. That's his legal name, Batman. Okay. Um, but he, he works in the real estate game. And he's had the same same advice that he's given to the guests and things like that. And then interviewed like an owner of a dealership, another friend of mine named Sid, and he said the same thing: persistence and consistency. Yeah. If you're if you want to accomplish anything in your life, whatever it is your dream is, like it's definitely possible. You're gonna run into a ton of failure, 
But if you stay consistent and persistent, you will get there eventually, yeah. right? Sure. So I love that. That's amazing, dude. So um, now switching over, when did you get into actual bare knuckle announcing? Oh, so that was just in the last two years. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, I mean, my, my name's gotten around over the last 10 to 12 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've been overseas doing work for the longest time. I was Mr. International, right? So nice. 27 countries, six continents for all kinds of different fight promotions, like startups, you know, um, did the UFC for the Contender Series on ESPN. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And my name just kind of got out there over the years. You know, I'm yeah. a consistent voice. Like, I'm a, I'm a great ring announcer. I, I, I hate saying that. I feel cocky. <laughs> but I'm a consistently great voice. So ring announcing, hosting, play-by-play -play commentary. Yeah. I can do every one of those things. And interviewing. I can do every one of those things on a broadcast. And there's very few guys in our business – that do all of those things mm -hmm. at a high level. Yeah. And this isn't some, just so you guys, this is some big ego. I don't, and I'm not that guy. Yeah. But I can do all of those things very well if yeah. you put me in that position. Yeah. So, you know, I've ring announced for UFC. I've done play-by-play -play for uh, Eagle FC and like a thousand other shows over overseas. And then I've hosted for Bare Knuckle for like the last two years. So, I do a little bit of everything for each one of these shows. So it got around to bare knuckle. Um, I showed some interest in them. They called me and they're like, hey, we have an opening for the host position. Yeah. And I'm like, hell yes, because bare knuckle fighting championship is the most exciting combat sport in all of combat sports. Yeah. There's nothing more exciting than what we do on a consistent basis at BKFC. Yeah. It's stand-up fighting, it's bare knuckle, it's bloody, it's exciting, it's quick rounds, it's fast. Just ADD entertainment. <laughs> and that's what yeah. we give people. And we give high-level fighters come into our ring yeah. and test out what they can do. And some make it, and some do one fight, and they get the hell out of there. Yeah. You know, which I understand. I would never want to get in I there know. and do it. You that know was, what I mean? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough environment to get into and then stay into. Yeah, so, I mean, it's been two years, and really, it's kind of become my primary show now. I used to always have three or four shows that I worked for, and – somehow some way I didn't, I didn't get double booked like it would just work out mm -hmm. so like I'd be working for EFC in South Africa and I'd fly to South Africa and do a show and then it would work out that I could go to Abu Dhabi and work for UAE Warriors and it would just work out like everything worked out for years and years and years yeah. the last few years everything is conflicted with bare knuckle yeah. and when that happens as a as an announcer as a commentator you have to make a choice yeah all right this is conflicting. Which one am I going to go with? Yeah. Because if you give up your spot, like let's say, this is a good example. Um, UAE Warriors uh, over in Abu Dhabi, it's one of the shows I work for, mm -hmm. and BKFC. They have the same date, same weekend. I can't be in both places. Yeah. So you got to make that decision. Yeah. And when you're an independent contractor, that's scary because I've done this before. You make a decision, and sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah. And you should have chose the other one. Yeah. You know, but um, – Bare Knuckle has become my priority. I yeah. see the future in it. We're growing at a rapid rate. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to hitch my wagon to these guys. I know them very, very well. They're consistent. They're fighting like hell to get yeah. their place. And I want to be a part of that. That sounds awesome, man. I love that. I love that that you've done that because that's that is actually really, really cool because once you kind of, like you said, hitch the wagon a little bit yeah. and you really start like – 
paving that pathway, you're starting with a company that's starting here and yeah. competing against guys like UFC. Sure. And when you pave that way, like it's you have a lot of pride at the end of a ten year venture. You do. You, you know what you I mean? Absolutely so do. That's really cool. So and they appreciate it too. You know, they know what I'm yeah. doing. Um, and they've taken care of me financially for that. Like, yeah. hey, listen, we know you're going to be missing this many shows this year with your other show. We'll take care of you for that. And they, awesome. they've been such a loyal company. And I sound like a company man and I sound like a shill, but they look after me, you know, hey. and they're loyal. They're Philadelphia guys. I'm not even a Philadelphia guy. I'm like, yeah. I'm not one of those guys, but they are. And they're loyal as hell. And you that's know, hard and to I find, man. That, that's hard know? to find, honestly, because, I mean, either way, you're talking about this is a sporting event, but it's still a big part of this is corporate America. And yep. honestly, like I've worked in corporate America for 10 plus years now. And I got to tell you, man, it's that's not easy to find. So I I tip my hat to you on that. So, yeah. Um, so what would you say is the the coolest event that you've gone to in your illustrious career of all these? I mean, you've been around the world, man. What would you say is like. Or, or you can give me the top three if you have them. Top three events that you've been able to attend just based on the location, the experience, the environment, the fans. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, with Bare Knuckle, I mean, Bare Knuckle's right on top right now, and I guess it's fresh in my mind as well. But yeah. uh, we did a card out in Denver earlier this year, and yeah. it was the, you know, the biggest event that we had ever done in Bare Knuckle history. Yeah. So. You know, on top of it, we had uh, Mike Perry and Luke Rockhold fighting. Oh, um, man, that's wild. Yeah, Ben Rothwell was fighting. Um, just all these major names. Eddie Alvarez fought Chad Mendez. Um, incredible fight, one of the best fights I've ever seen. Um, but we were in Denver, Colorado, and it was just the biggest one. And then in the main event, Mike Perry ends up just wrecking Luke Rockhold. Like, yeah. broke his jaw. Luke Rockhold was like, I'm good. All respect to Luke Rockhold, but he was like, I'm good. I'm all right. You know, yeah. tap, tap, I'm out. Yeah. But uh, after that, you know, right before the co-main event, maybe the third to, third to last fight, here comes Conor McGregor. I re yes, dude. I was going to say, I watched that uh, yeah. Chad Mendez fight. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I'm a huge fan of Chad Mendez. Sure. I yeah. loved him, bro. So, yes, that's awesome. So, Conor shows up. Uh, right before the Mendez fight. Yeah. And we had heard rumblings like, we think Connor might be coming. And we're like, oh shit, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, and he, so he li literally gets on his private jet, shows up mid event. Yes. And bro, when he walks into a room, and, I, and I've seen this twice. I, I did a show up in Northern Ireland for a show called Brave, and he showed up there too, right? As soon as he walks into a room, Everything stops. Wow. It could be the most exciting knockdown drag out fight in the ring, and everything stops, and your eyes are focused on Conor McGregor. <laughs> wow. Could you imagine, right? Like yeah. commanding that much presence, and that's what he does. So he walked around, and dude, he was like in it. He yeah. was like just pacing around outside the ring. They yeah. kept showing him on camera. Like, yeah. he was into the fight so much. And, you know, the main event hits, Mike Perry wins, and Mike Perry is. Another one of those manifest guys, right? Yeah. He's so ballsy and he didn't give a crap. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, can I get my face off with Conor McGregor? Well, <laughs> now, this was not planned at all. In fact, we kind of had an idea that um, Cowboy Cerrone was going to get into the ring, right? Really? Yeah. And Cowboy, cool as shit. He saw Conor was there. He saw the circus that was happening. He's like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to go in. Yeah. And, it, and, um, so Conor McGregor's walking around, and, and Mike Perry goes, can I get my face off with, with, uh, with Conor McGregor? And I'm hey. interviewing him, and I'm like, 
I don't know, can you? <laughs> and like Conor McGregor goes, nods his head, come on. And like everybody collectively in our organization is losing their mind <laughs> because you have a UFC contracted fighter, yeah. one of the most exciting fighters in all of the world right now, is walking into our ring. Yeah. On our yeah. TV show, on our event, our wow. pay per view. And we're all absolutely losing it. And he gets in does the face-off with Perry, and then I interview him. And one thing that has gotten me a lot of points with Bare Knuckle, like they tell me they're like, you just bought yourself two years where there's no, no chance yeah. we'll fire you. <laughs> you know, I'm like, all right. Because I asked him, I said, you know, you've been sitting here watching this. What is it about this show that you love? And he gave us like the biggest the endorsement. answer. I history. saw that answer. Yes. Yeah. So like from then on, every investor, every – Every official, the president, David Feldman's like, what you just did there earned, was priceless. Earned millions. Right? No doubt. Yeah, so, I mean, that was probably the best moment that I've ever had. I did, I did a show in Abu Dhabi. This is another one of manifesting yes. shit, bro. Yeah. I'm in Abu Dhabi, and I was told that Dana White was going to show up at our show, right? Yeah. Dana White. Khabib Nurmagomedov was going to be there. Oh, what a name. Uh, which Khabib had showed up a couple different times. He's a good friend of the company. Yeah. And then uh, Dean Thomas and Matt Sarah, right? So Dana does his show looking for a fight yeah. where he'll show up at like regional shows. And if he sees somebody that absolutely killed it, had an awesome knockout, he'll sign him to a UFC contract. Wow. So, you know, anytime he shows up, everybody's like on their best yeah. performance ever. Yeah. These fighters are like, holy shit, Dana's here. This is my shot. Like, I got to do it, it now. Yeah. You know? So I'm thinking in my head, and a lot of shows that I've worked for overseas, not only do I ring announce, yeah. I do play-by-play in the exact same night. That's tough, dude. There's about three of us, I think, that have ever done it on a high level, yeah. maybe in the same night. So I went in a ring announce, and I go straight to the commentary desk, and I jump on commentary, which is hard enough as it is. But I'm thinking to myself – how do I get in front of Dana White at some point during this broadcast? Yeah. I got to at least talk to him once, right? You know what I mean? If he walks out of there, if he comes in, sits down for two hours, then walks out and I don't say a word to him, that's a major regret. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so he shows up. He's sitting at his table. I kept walking by him two, three times. And finally, and you can see this because he included it on his YouTube show, I walk up to the fence and he's like maybe – 10 feet away and I go Dana I was like I know you're looking for fighters I said but you need to be looking for a ring announcer too and he goes and he was like taken back he's yeah. like who the fuck is this guy <laughs> <laughs> you know like the typical Conor yeah. McGregor you gotta shoot your guy? shot bro and he and he's like well dude he goes we're always looking for people you never know man yeah and then Matt Sarah, and you'll see it on the video. It's actually really funny because we were in the middle of COVID it was like 2021 or 2020 I don't know and Matt Sarah goes, this guy, now this dude's hoping that Bruce Buffer catches COVID, is what he said. <laughs> and, hey, you know what I mean? Which I don't. Which, Bruce has been actually a really good guy to me. Yeah. Very, very cool to me over the years, so I definitely didn't want him to. Yeah. But it was funny. But then that happens. It goes on looking for a fight. It goes viral. Everybody I know that I've ever met in the MMA game shared it all over Twitter. Yeah. I cut out the clip, shared it everywhere, like sign Cyrus to the UFC. Get Cyrus in the UFC. The man. So then Contender Series comes around, and I'm watching Contender Series, and this is the best that I can remember this. And yeah. if I'm wrong, that's fine. People can correct me. But 
They never had a ring announcer, right? All they've ever had, they had Laura Sanko, who's incredible. She's the interviewer. She would interview the winners afterwards, but she would do the ring announcing, but she's not a ring announcer. So yeah. she would get in there and she'd be like, all right, you know, your winner, so-and-so. Just like that. That sort of tone, nothing exciting about it. Yeah. To clarify, Laura Sanko's fantastic. Met fantastic. her, she's wonderful. However, she's not a ring announcer. Yeah. These guys just had the biggest moment in their life on Contender Series to get signed to a UFC contract. And I'm like, this should be a moment. Like, yeah. there should be an announcer saying, your winner, whoever it is, like, big, you know? Yeah. So I started reaching out to the producer of UFC, or the producer of the Contender Series. And I'm like, hey, I'm Cyrus Fees. You know, Dana gave me his endorsement. I'm looking for a fight over in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. I was like, if you ever want to do a ring announcer, please give me an opportunity. Yeah. And they shut me down for like six months. And they're like, no, nah, we're not, we're not going to use a ring announcer. We don't want a ring announcer. Uh, I'm like, all right, cool. So then I did it again. And I was like, hey, just let you know I'm still here. Yeah. Shot my shot again. So they're like, no, we don't need one. It was not even a week later that they emailed me and they go, just out of curiosity, could you get to Vegas? And I was like, hell yeah, yes. get to Vegas. What? <laughs> what? And it was like a Tuesday. I'm like, I don't do nothing on a Tuesday. Of course I can be in Vegas. <laughs> and uh, so then it was left to that. Another week goes by and they call me. And, and the guy calls me and he's like, okay, so we're going to do a ring announcer. I'm like, all right. And I don't give a shit what anybody says. <laughs> I was slamming that into their minds for months, telling them they needed a ring announcer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it happened. And I don't care what anybody says. I manifested that, there right? You go. So I got my opportunity. They, they had me. They had Justin Bernard and a, a guy in Vegas. And they're like, all right, we're going to have you both announce. Uh, there was like eight weeks left in the Contender Series. You know, he's going to do the first four, and then you'll do the last four. Or you'll do the last three, and you might do the last, the last one. Yeah. And I said, okay. So he does his, did a great job. Yeah. He's a Vegas guy. And I was told by a few people, they're like, it'd be good if you lived in Vegas. And I'm <laughs> like, well, I don't want to move to Vegas. Yeah. I don't. You know, I, I really don't. But it'd be good if you lived I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, so I go out there. I thought I did a great job. But the one thing that sucked is I couldn't be me. So, like, they told me to tone down my announcing in such a big way because I'm an over-the-top guy, you know? Like, yeah. when you ring announce, you, get, you have a lot of personality. You get a lot of, you know, you're really giving it to them. I know. And the, the juice is flowing in that moment. Like, the energy yeah. is flying, and you, it's hard to settle down. And they said, you know, bring it back about 50%. Go about half speed. I'm like, damn, that's hard. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever done it at half speed. You know yeah, what I mean? How do yeah. you tone that back? So I went out there. I mean, I, I had great performances, I thought. Um, they ended up going with Justin, mm -hmm. which was humbling. Yeah. Because I always said, and I would tell people, if they ever give me a shot. Yeah. But, but they never got to see me. They yeah. saw half of me. You know yeah. what I mean? I felt like if they would have got all of me, then it might have been a different experience. It might have been something different. And Justin Bernard has been the coolest guy. He and I are friends. We've met. He's such a nice guy. Yeah. And, um, and he got the job, and he's working with them. But I'll say this. As much as UFC is great, all that glitters is not gold. 
financially, it was not the best move for me. If I would have chose UFC yeah. at this time in my life with a family to take care of, it was not the best move for me. Yeah. Uh, and that's true to life. And that also, like you said, required, hey, moving and doing all the extra stuff. and Not something so, I want to do, man. I yeah. got You and I have the exact same age kids. Yeah. 10 and 9, right? Yep. I don't want to uproot them. We live yeah. a wonderful life here. Yeah. I love raising my kids here. Yeah. I don't know that I want to raise my kids in Vegas. You know what See, I mean? Yeah, I, we went to Vegas recently, and we did. Uh, we sat down in an interview with a guy named Overflow, and he yeah, was, I know the guy. Yeah, so, very very cool dude. Yeah, yeah. so um, he gave us a little bit of his time. We stayed at uh, at the MGM, and we shot off the balcony and stuff. And he was telling us about it because he grew up there. And I'm sitting here like, man, this is crazy. This is awesome. It's like spend a week out here, but like, I'm. I'm going back home, man. Like, <laughs> right? this place is wild. <laughs> sure. I, was, I was about that life when I was 25. You of know course. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got no you. more. Um, dude, that amazing, amazing stories, bro. It's, and honestly, I, I, I love the, the energy you're bringing, dude. Because honestly, I'm one of those guys, like, I'm a football player through and through. Yeah. So when someone else starts getting a little bit of energy, my, as my shit starts moving, I'm like, yes, bro. And I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Yeah. So, and, it, and just so we know, we're filming this at 730 in the morning. Yes. So <laughs> early, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> we got the bucked up flowing through our veins. There we go. You know what I mean? It's yes. all good. But uh, yeah, man, you know, the UFC was great. Yeah. It's something I could throw on my resume. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have great footage of me on ESPN on UFC television and that's great yeah was it my number one of my top three events absolutely not no because it was just different yeah and and I felt like I couldn't be in the moment with it I one one of the events I had to do it on Tuesday yeah and I had to take the red-eye flight to Abu Dhabi directly after and go do a show in Abu Dhabi Whew. I mean like so my mind was everywhere yeah. at the time Man. So I felt like I couldn't be in the moment and I couldn't really enjoy it for what it was. Yeah. Because you're nervous and you got so many other things going on. And I'm a type of guy where my mind never stops. Yeah. Ever. It's, it's, it's tiring. I, I'm right there with you, bro. You know what I yeah. mean? So I felt like I didn't get to enjoy it for what it was. But still an incredible experience. I'm glad I got to do it. Yeah. There may be something in the future. You know, I, it's not like I left on bad terms, right? Yeah. So it's like... You know who knows? Man. Yeah, you know, dude. I I love, like I said, I love I love your career path, and I love the fact that you use the word manifest so many different times. I think that's that's incredible. Um, and but what, I do want to shift gears a little bit, shift to where we're at right now. So you told me when I reached out to you, like, hey, I, I own an arcade, and I'm like, what is it? Like, what are you talking about? And then just got some pictures, looked it up, right? And when we walked in here, bro, I was like. Dude, I want to grow up in here. I literally said to you before we started, I wish my kids could grow up in here. Yeah. You got virtual reality all over the place. Yeah. And like you said, you just expanded the back, and there's there's going to be some B-roll popping up right now. But yeah, all the way in the back, you expanded for more arcade games, man. Yeah. How did this start? So one of those things as I've gotten older is I wanted to own my own business. Yeah. And it's like it was for the dumbest reasons. It was like I want my own business so I can just go in there. Yeah, like, that makes sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> I could tell somebody that's my business. You know yeah. what I mean? Whatever it might be, a restaurant or a bar or an arcade. I love video games. Yeah, always have, always will. I'm 41 years old. I still, on a normal day, put about two hours in. You know what I mean? But See, my there's kids nothing play too. wrong with that. Hell no, there's nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with, with video games. <laughs> He's ta talking to his <laughs> wife off camera. <laughs> Yeah. 
<laughs> there isn't. My wife's like, you're just a kid. I'm like, I am a kid. It's yeah. this. And I want to be a kid. I want to be a kid. There you, you know, I, the day that I stop being a kid, I don't know what that, that looks like. And I don't know that it'll happen. But if it does, that sounds sad to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it does. You know, my kids are the age where they go and play games and they play on their iPads, mostly um, playing the computer. And, and I get time with my Xbox and my yeah. wife's swiping TikTok on the couch. <laughs> she don't do anything like that, does she? Does no, she swipe? No, all the time. She's a scroller? 24-7. I mean, like, just TikTok for yeah. hours. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and it's not my jam. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I just put in like two or three hours playing Madden or whatever I'm playing. And, um, yeah, so, so I love games. Yeah. And, I, and growing in arcades back in the day, I'm sure we're probably around the same age. Arcades were the shit. Oh, yeah. You know, zero doubt. Yeah, give me $5 in an arcade and you just made my day. You I know, know what I mean? Man. Like, I'm good. So I love arcades and like the idea of having an arcade just like it spoke to me. I always wanted to do a business. Yeah. Every year, December through February is slow in the announcing business, right? Yeah. There's just not a lot of shows in the winter. You know yeah. what I mean? There's just not. Everything goes on pause for like two or three months. So I literally sit at home. And start devising plans, right? Yeah. And I'll and I'll like be laying in bed with my wife, and I'll be like, "We ought to do a restaurant that's just all French fries." You know what I mean? <laughs> and she'll be like, "I need you to shut up now. I like, need you to. I stop. need you to go to sleep. <laughs> Will you awful. please go to sleep now?" Yeah. I'm like, yeah, and I'll keep working on it, and then it'll go away, and I'll be like, "All right, you know, February, or March will hit, and I'll start doing shows, and I'll, yeah. I have other shit in my mind, you know." Yeah. But this one, I went to an arcade, a virtual reality arcade down in Atlanta. I was doing a show down there, and we had time before the show, and me and my buddy, we went to one. Because yeah. I had never done virtual reality before in my life. Because you had to hook it up to a computer and all this, and I'm like, I'm not going to buy a computer just for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's go try it at an arcade. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened in my life. You yeah. know? I put on the headset, and I had two controllers in my hand, and we were fighting zombies together, like going through this whole world, like fighting zombies. Yeah. And you felt like you're in it. And I'm yeah. like, ah, like, can I do this? Gosh. I was like, I went home, and I immediately started researching, like, yeah. how much would this cost? You know, da, da, da. And I told my wife about it, and she's like, no. You're not doing that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but let's look at it. I'm like, and I kept messing with her and just kept digging. And I'm like, well, I could get a loan where I was like, I can get all these 0% credit cards. I'll pay for the whole thing with 0%. Yeah. Finally, she said, fuck it, do it. <laughs> I'm yes. like, all right, cool. Yeah. Let's do it. So, so I started looking into it and I started, and me and my best friend passed away in April we, we devised the plan together, mm -hmm. and, um, and we did it, um, he, he and I. And my wife gave me the pass. We started getting credit cards, like, endlessly. Yeah. What you're not supposed to do. Yeah. Look, up, look, it up, look up starting a business, and they're going to say, write out a business plan. Yeah. Take it to the bank. Do all these things. Yeah. I said, credit card, credit card, credit card, credit card, credit card. Yeah. Like, 40 grand in credit cards. And then I just started buying equipment. Yeah. Right. Okay. We need six, six, uh, PCs. Okay. Six virtual reality headsets. Okay. And I it just kept on going up. Right. We're like $50,000 in debt in oh. credit cards. Right. <laughs> Interest free for 12 to 18 months. And my wife's losing her mind. She's <laughs> like, what is happening right now? I'm like, it's going to be okay. It's Don't fine, worry about I promise. it. It'll be okay. <laughs> but, uh, me and my buddy, we made it work. We got it open in a strip mall and it, it did okay. Yeah. Um, 
I started making connections all around town. I was a part of the community now. I had my own business. Like, I'd never been a part of this community before. I just lived here. Yeah. I became a part of the community. I started meeting business owners and joining the Chamber of Commerce and doing all this shit. And I'm like, okay, I'm a part of this community now. So I started getting schools to do field trips. And I took my VR stuff to schools and started hanging out with kids, which I love, you know, working with kids. And it's like, and it all came together. And then we're in our first year. Shit's jamming. Yeah. Boom, COVID. I'm like, oh, oh no, right? Yeah. You know, like we already had just a kind of a, as our kids would say, a sus location, right? Yeah. We're like in a strip mall, no signage. Um, well, we had signage, but it was like not, not road signage. Yeah. And so like it was already hard enough, then COVID hit. And oh. I'm like, oh, shit. No bueno. But we had done so good at making the place look good that the mall came to me and they showed up. One of the representatives from the mall showed up and said, your place looks amazing. Like, we love this. Yeah. If you ever decide to move, let us know. Okay. And I was like, all right. But I had a three-year deal. Yeah. So I was like, I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. And our landlord was an asshole. Yeah. Oh, piece of you-know-what. Wow, dude. Jerk, right? COVID hits. All he did was, like, delay our rent payments. He didn't, like, forgive rent. He just added it to the end of the lease. And I'm like, dude. Get real, right? Douchebag. Total jerk, man. Dude, <laughs> he was like, if I could give him a, a cartoon analogy, he's like a combination of like Mr. Krabs and like Foghorn Leghorn, bro. Like this southern red-faced jerk that doesn't care about anything but money, bro. Horrible. What a great combo. <laughs> so finally, so the mall's like, all right, we're going to give you a deal where we will help you get out of your lease. But you got to get out of your lease. Yeah. This fool would not let me out of my lease. And like, I had to chase him down at his office because he wouldn't answer my phone calls. And I was like, hey, I want to buy myself out of my lease, right? He didn't know anything about the mall. I was like, I just want to get out. I'm done. And um, so I finally showed up at his office. And I was like, hey, bro, I need to get out of my lease. I said, I went to the secretary and I go, I need to speak to the owner, right? Yeah. And she's like, well, he's in a meeting right now. I said, all good. I'll wait. And so I was like, I'll be here in the waiting room. Let me know when he's done. Yeah. Well, he has, a, uh, he has an interview that he's conducting after that with a future employer. I said, cool, I'll wait. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I need to get a face-to-face -face with this man, and I need to get out of my lease, right? So finally he comes out five minutes later, right? All those things he had going on yeah. apparently went away, right? Apparently, so, yeah. so he shows up, and he's like, you can't show up like this. I said, bro. I just need five minutes of your time. You won't even speak to me. I need to get out of my lease. He's like, you need to get out of here. So I got out. They got me out of my lease, right? They're like, nice. we don't want to deal with this asshole no more. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Mission fair accomplished. Enough. Came to the mall. Even in COVID, and granted, around here, they didn't treat COVID as a thing as much as they did in other places. <laughs> you live in Florida, it was, you dude, probably know what I'm talking about. I know exactly right? what you're talking about. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to stay inside. Cool. We're going wherever the hell we want to go. In Florida, it was, all right, you can't go to the mall and hang out. So everybody just hung out in everyone's backyard and barbecued right? the whole time. Exactly. Yes, that was it. Yeah. We were closed for like two months here, and then everybody just started showing up at the mall, right? You know, some wearing masks, <laughs> some not wearing masks. Right? You know? We took it seriously. My wife was at the VA at the time, so she was in the freaking trenches with, yeah. with COVID. She was seeing people die. She was, you know, she was in the mess of it. So we took it extremely carefully. Like, so we stayed masked up, we did everything safe, but we were able to provide a safe 
type of entertainment, yeah. you know, and we did great. We like doubled and tripled our, our sales in COVID. Awesome. So we ended up in our location here and it's been great ever since. And then things started to peter out a little bit in the last year. They just kind of like leveled out with yeah. the VR. And I was like, all right, we got to do something. You know what I mean? Because I've had to give raises to my employees. I've, b typical business owner stuff, you know, taxes yeah. go up and you take care of this. And before you know it, it's like, you're not really making money. You're losing a little bit. Yeah. So that's scary. So the arcade person that I worked at, we had four of his claw machines. It's like an arcade company that's based here in Tri-Cities. And he came to me and he goes, how much money are you making? I told him. He goes, if you don't mind me asking, I'm like, I don't care. I'm a very transparent person. Ask yeah. me anything. I'll tell you. It don't yeah. matter. And I said, uh, he goes, put my machines in. We'll triple it. Say less. Say less. Facts. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yes. So we made it happen, right? Yeah. So we took a wall down. This is in the last two weeks. Took a wall down, carpeted the whole damn place, yeah. painted the whole damn place, ran electric, did all this stuff, brought in 30 plus games, and here we are. And it's like, yeah. and we haven't even got started yet. Like we've, we haven't even really got cracking yet, but it's yeah. like, it's automatically, it's like leveled us up. Yeah. A thousand percent. So it's, it's like, it's incredible, man. Just walking through here. Cause as, as like, we're sitting here and I see one, you got one for a motorcycle here yeah. with the VR and then this. It's like a slide. It's yeah. Like it looks like a, slide. like a virtual this one slide right behind yeah. us yeah. goes completely upside down. It's a robotic arm. Bro, get out of here. Really? Oh, dead ass. Yes. <laughs> you get on a, like you're riding a roller coaster. When it goes upside yeah. down, that thing will go and turn you all the way upside down. Holy shit. It's wild. That is crazy. Yeah, roller coasters. Uh, full car simulator right behind us. I mean, and then stations on the wall, a free roam arena where you get to walk around in VR. Yeah. It's wild, man. It's, uh, it, it's really intense. And now all the games where you can win prizes, yeah. which is, it's where the money's at. Yeah. And he was like, listen, we need to get a prize counter. We need to get you winning tickets. You have kids. That's what they want to do, man. They want to yeah. win these prizes. That of course you can go to Amazon and buy the same shit for a quarter of the price you just spent in tokens or whatever. Yes, but whatever. Yeah, that's but what the, the kid, kids want to do. Man. Kids look at the adventure and they don't they don't look at the money part as we both know. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I so, earned this. Yeah, spinning <laughs> yeah. the wheel and doing ski ball. So and shit we had a, we had a cool adventure. We were actually in um, we were in Michigan and we were Got getting it. ready to fly. We we're getting ready to fly home, whatever, and we had to. Uh, we had to basically kill like four hours. And right down the road was this putt-putt, uh, go-kart, arcade, you know, one of yeah. those, you know. And we probably, we spent two and a half hours in there. And like you said, though, it's amazing. Like they had, they could go-kart, they could putt-putt. They were like, no, I want to get as many tickets as I can because I want to get that big prize on the yeah. wall. And it was like, damn, all right, I guess, <laughs> I guess we're going to do this. We're going to spend 100 bucks on coins so that we can get you a $7 price <laughs> yep we've all been there before there man we've there all been go. there before and when you guys go back if you get a chance you got to go to nashville i think right yeah yeah okay in between you're gonna take i-40 or you're gonna see uh pigeon forge severeville gatlinburg yeah if you've never have you ever been yeah we did actually oh you've actually been to the yeah we took pigeon forge yeah we took a vacation there once oh, okay so you know what that's about then mm -hmm. like there's that whole road of just oh yeah putt putt and go-karts and arcades like yeah it is like incredible right yeah. like it's it so is, dope dude. yeah it yeah, is. yeah so man um again like i said this place is absolutely incredible and um so now that you've done the expansion and you've done this what 
Do you have any other future ideas as far as where you see this 10 years down the road? Because like you're in this industry now. You're in the VR and the arcades and all this stuff. Yeah. Do you have an end goal in 10 years from now or is it just like day by day? You know, the the one thing, like I told you, the one thing about, well, I mean, I want the arcade to continue to grow and yeah. bring new machines in and have it be a staple in this mall. Yeah. That would be great. You know yeah. what I mean? I tried to expand to a second location in Knoxville and it stretched me way too thin. And I, and I had, we had to shut down after a year. I was like, all right, I can't do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can't be all these different places and commute and still be a part of my family. Yeah. Like I, ha I found my breaking point and I was like, all right, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. You know, um, so I don't know if it's, you know, putting more arcades in or anything like that. I don't think it is. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's making this the best it can be. Um, there's going to be more opportunities. But for me, being a part of this community is so dope. Like, yeah. it's so cool. So now, you know, I'm in the chamber. I do a little bit with them, but I'm in the Rotary Club. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, the, I'm on the board with them. Um, Using this as a pathway to be a part of the community yeah. has been one of the coolest things about what I've done. So, like, cool. just a few things that we've done, man. I'm part of the Rotary right now. So, like, we put up parks. We, we do fundraising. Every Christmas, I do, like, this uh, gift card drive and this, uh, uh, this card drive, basically, like, from the grocery stores and from restaurants. And we pass them out to families that need them. Yeah. Um, we do that every Christmas. And that's grown from, like, five families to, like, 30 families now, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they have food over the holidays, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then during COVID, we were out there taking meals to people, to the kids, you know, because they couldn't go to school and a lot of kids eat at school. Yeah. So they weren't getting meals. So we, we went to Walmart and we would load up on every non-perishable you can think of, ramen and peanut butter and just all the things that would get these kids fed um, throughout the week, you know? Yeah. Um, so we were doing that. And then... You know, doing things like that, getting on the board of like important stuff like the Boys and Girls Club, getting on the board for Coalition for Kids, which is an after school program, being a part of that. If that leads me to more leadership stuff, whether it's, you know, getting on planning commissions, doing stuff with the city, yeah. I would love that. You know what I mean? If that leads to doing more stuff in politics where I can actually make a change, mm -hmm. that's what I want to do. You know what I mean? That's like, awesome. I love making a difference. We, um, I, one of the coolest accomplishments I had in my whole life was I was in fifth grade. I actually lived in Greenville. My dad was going to college at the same college I went to. And I won our city spelling bee. And it was like the coolest thing that ever That's happened. That's dope. <laughs> I loved spelling bees back in the yeah. day. And so we, we didn't have one in the county. My kids go to the county schools. And there's the city schools here in Johnson City. And there's the county schools all around, like 12 of them. And I was like, why is there not a spelling bee for the county kids? So last year we started the spelling bee in the county and gave them a pathway to go to the national spelling bee if they want to and gave kids that maybe aren't athletic a chance to do something, right? To yeah. be good at something. Yeah. So we started that last year and that was all me. And doing stuff like that, that's kind of where as much as I love being on camera and I love getting that rush and I will continue to do that as long as I can. Yeah. Doing stuff in this community and doing stuff for kids is like, that's the end all be all for me, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I can make a real change and I can help people, man, like that's the best rush you'll ever have in your entire life. Yeah. No, I the feel, best I feel rush it. you'll ever have in your entire I life is helping there, a kid man. out, man. I agree like, with you. It, I think that's it. We know? have a lot of we have a lot of family and, and personal friend discussions about the future as far as what 
we want to accomplish and things like that. And we, I usually have two other hosts that work with me on the pod. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But um, that's something that was part of our end goal is be able to establish a section of our podcast or our business where we can either promote the idea of helping others, right? Yep. Put it, put it on a main platform, advertise it, all this stuff, different things that people are doing to help their communities. And I, I love that. That's, that's an awesome, that's yeah, an awesome. Dude, that's thing, where dude. it's at, man. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, the one thing I always say to people and I, oh, there's so many things and, and I, that you haven't even got to touch on, but like, like I got to do, I got to go back to my high school just last year yeah. and they paid me to come in and do a motivational speech because wow. when I was in college, I got to my senior year of college and I, and I screwed around in college and took my time and I, I could always kind of glide through school, yeah. but I took my time and messed around and just played video games and did that sort of stuff in college and not really focused on my studies. Yeah. But um, my senior year, I was three or four months away from graduating and I got expelled from oh. my college. Woo. I broke into my professor's office and tried to get test scores. I tried <laughs> to get like the correct answers for like one of our final tests. Nice. <laughs> and got caught. Yeah. And uh, somebody snitched me out or whatever. They, the guy, it was me and another guy, he got suspended, but because they thought I was the ringleader, which I was not, they, they expelled me. Oh. So about to graduate, get my degree, expelled. That led me to going to China. My dad taught over there. I went to China and I taught for a year. Just because I didn't know what else to do. I couldn't do anything else. I yeah. didn't go to school. So I was like, I went and taught for a year. Came back. Um, almost went to the Navy. I was like moments away from joining the Navy. Except for they like didn't follow through on their promises. So I was like, All right, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And then <laughs> started... Started working at a strip club as a DJ. Yes. Um, did that for quite a few years, actually. And then, um, and then I went back to school. So, like, I, I started working in the strip club, but I was like, all right. So I kept pleading back to the school. So after a year suspension, they let me back in and let me finish, right? Yeah. So I got my degree and finished that. Well, this all led, you know, I, I messaged my principal all the way back in Iowa. We, I went to a very small school like 50 kids in my graduating class, right? Very small school. Yeah. And I said, hey, just so you know, this is what I'm doing. I just messaged him. I said, yeah. and this is what happened to me. Yeah. And he goes, would you come speak to the kids? I'm like, I would come speak to the kids. Yes. He, and, and I'm like, and I almost said I'll do it for free. And he goes, what if we paid you $3,000? I yep. said, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Yep. I was about to pay myself out there and come speak at your school for zero. And you just offered me three grand? I'm there. Deal. <laughs> so I came out That's there, dope. man, and we did this. I did this really, really fun, cathartic um, exercise of telling my story to these kids, man. Because right. I got in a lot of trouble in school too. So like, like I got to tell them, it's like you know, there is, you can screw up and you can still find your way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And not and not to take shortcuts. And I told them like I thought I could take a shortcut. And I found out you can't take shortcuts. Yeah. You got to work your ass off. Yeah. And you got to be consistent. Yeah. So I did. So I, you know, I got to do that and speak to the kids. So doing stuff like that, man, is that's the jam, bro. That's that, amazing, man. That's so where it's at. As as we as we get further down the road, you're gonna find our stories. They're they're very very much the same, almost. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. So I've I've had quite a few adventures. I've I've told a lot of people on the pod. It's about a fun them, thing. It's fun thing to call them adventures, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we actually um. So all right, quick. This is quick. One 
two name answer. That's okay, it, right? Gotcha. And then I'm going to go to our last section. <laughs> if you could interview anyone, past, present, future, who would it be? Mr. Rogers. I like that. That's yeah, great. I'm a. That's a good one. Huge. I'm a. I grew up on kids on children's television on yeah. PBS. It's one of the only channels we had. Uh, so I, I mean, I watched all of them. Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, Reading Rainbow, all the jams. That's dope. And to me, Mr. Rogers was the most genuine, caring, perfect human being, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all he did was want to make things better for kids and teach kids and be there and show kids their special. It's like, that's who I wanted to be. So, and it's still, man, if, that, if that's my dream job, it's to be in children's television and help yeah. kids. I would love to do that, but uh, yeah, it'd be Mr. Rogers. That's I would love awesome. just getting get in a room with him. That's you know dope. I mean? So, yeah. now to to finish up, we got two set two segments that we're going to close up with. Okay. Um, first one is we had a big sign on our wall in our podcast uh, office it says uh, "Bad decisions make better stories." So, Man. which is exactly that's so one. good. It is. That's so, so good. We always ask every guest. Is there a story or just an individual incident that you would say that you did that was terrible in the moment, gotten a lot of crap, blah, blah, blah? I think we might have heard it already, but it actually ended up being something great for you where it turned out to be a funny story down the road. Man, I'll tell you, man, when, when I – we did just touch on it, but yeah. when, I, when I got expelled, I thought my whole world was done, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, mm -hmm. it wasn't suspended. It was expelled. I'm like, so you're telling me – I just spent fifty grand in student loans. I went to a private college for whatever reason. Yeah, <laughs> for whatever reason. Yeah, you know what I mean. I did, but I went fifty grand in student loans. Four years of my life, three, three and a half, four years of my life, and now I have nothing to show for it. Yeah, shit. You know what I mean? I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh no. But man, it, it taught me that. It taught me those lessons. Like you know, when I went back to school. I busted my ass and I knocked it out, man. The last six months, the last semester, I knocked it out. And when I started my business, I did all my due diligence. When I started my TV show, I busted my ass and I hustled. I learned the value of work. You know what I mean? That there are no shortcuts, you gotta go get it. So it taught me, it just taught me the biggest lesson of my life that you're not gonna be successful unless you work your ass off. Yeah. So that's what I've done, you know what I mean? Yeah. And. It might not be physical labor, but it's mental labor. It's it's hustling. You know what I mean. Yeah. And um, yep. so yeah, that was probably the one thing that that happened in my life where I was at my absolute rock bottom. That's and nice. I was like, all right, man, uh, can't do this. That's it. Yeah, That's yeah. it, man. No, I I love that. We've had we've had quite a few of them. Um, obviously, I mean, we're quite a few episodes in, so it's here and that one. That's that's going to be probably a top three because I don't think. Besides me, I also got expelled. Did you uh, really? Yeah, I did. I got expelled. Oh, I got actually let me got hear it. Yeah. So I got expelled. Yeah, I got expelled three times. So ironically, Whoa, I hold three. I hold a I hold a record in the state of Florida, brother. I'm just saying. I got expelled three times from the same high school and still graduated from that high school. Wow. It's pretty impressive. But mine was all it was honestly, mine was all like kid shit. It was like one time I, I graffitied the school, right? Yeah. And I graffitied it with horrible things. Um, then another time we had, you ever had seen an airsoft gun? They yep. got those little plastic things. Me and, and a friend of mine were, uh, shooting each other in the parking lot and they expelled us. So it was just dumb stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you were trying it. But at the end of the day, what I've learned is you were trying to get attention. Oh yeah. You were trying to stand out. You know what I mean? I did the same. I mean, when I was in high school, uh, I didn't get expelled for it, but 
we went around in our small town. We had this like this lake area yeah. outside of our town where all these nice houses were. And we went through and we egged houses like bad. Like <laughs> and, and then it went from eggs to like soda cans. Yeah. And we were like breaking out picture windows. Oh. We were doing all this crazy ass stuff. And then I was working my first job and I was stealing from it. And like I was doing all this stuff just to get attention, man. Yeah. Like I had this one moment in high school in my senior year where this kid started arguing me and said I couldn't drink a gallon of milk, right? And it, within, you know, an hour. It's impossible. It's physically impossible. Like, bullshit, it's a gallon of milk. Who gives a shit, right? Yeah. You can do that. Well, I tried to do it in like a 25-minute lunch period, right? Whoa. And I got to like this much left in the gallon. And I went to finish it and just all of it came out. <laughs> Couldn't no do it, right? bro. But I had the entire school out there watching me. Yeah. You know, like I did all this stuff, man, and you're just trying to get attention, bro. Yeah, and absolutely. It, you know, and it's it may be wired in your DNA. It could be your it could be how you were how you grew up. Yeah. Maybe not getting attention. Maybe growing up humbly or poor. You know, and you just want something. You want something to stand See out. That? For. And that's that's something we've touched on before too. I think a lot of it has to do when you're when you're talking about that and the need for attention as a kid. A lot of that has to do with your personal experiences, and and same thing with how people come up with. The idea of PTSD as you get older. It's the experiences yeah. that you have as a, as a kid coming up. And, For sure. And you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like, I grew up, uh, my parents were divorced, and yep. I lived with my mom, and we were really, really poor, Check. and we had, you know, Check. tough environment. And Same. you kind of grow up on your own in that yep. realm. And, and realistically, when your mom is working two jobs and she's sleeping the rest of the time, you're like, Hey, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And that's exactly what it is. So, yeah, man. No, and, I, and, you know, but here's the cool thing about all that. And yeah. this is something that I try to express to the kids and I express to a lot of people. Who would have thought, who would have looked at you in school and said, he's going to be running a freaking travel nurse organization? Yeah. Who said, who thought that? Yeah. Who would have looked at you and said that you had that job? Who would have looked at me when I was going to juvenile and spending 48 hours at a juvenile facility? in solitary, you know what I mean? Who would have thought that I would do what I'm doing yeah. and help kids and have an arcade and travel around the world? Nobody saw that. And that's the thing is a lot of people don't give kids like us a chance. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's sad. It is. And I do give these kids a chance. And some people aren't made for school. Some people don't get it. Some people can't get A's. They, they get by. And then they become maniacs. Look at Gary Vee. You've watched, you've seen Gary Vee before. Mm -hmm. Yep. Dude was flunking out of high school. Yep. He's a fucking billionaire. Know, you know what right? I mean? Like, <laughs> it's incredible, man. And that just should, gives people, that's the lesson that we learned is don't give up on a kid, man. Yeah. Don't give up on somebody. You could have their best years in front of them. They could, you know, change the world and they may just not have worked out in their childhood yeah. and they may have had trouble in their, in their right. life. So, you know, I, I'm real big on that, man. I just had a, Another personal story, I have a little cousin, and his mom and dad were drug addicts. Bad, right? And like I saw this kid when he grew up, um, when he was born. Mom and dad were drug addicts. He got bad, big-time behavior problems. He was like three, four years old, yeah. a menace, like a little maniac, like a yeah. violent kid, right? Yeah. So his parents just like, they ended up taking him away, and they were going to take him away and get, put him to the state. Well, my grandmother stepped in. Um, and she stepped in and started taking care of him while she took care of all of all of her grandkids. She took care of this little little nephew of hers, right? Yeah. And raised him for about a year and a half and then found a foster family. Nobody wanted this kid. 
And I came back to just last week, I was in Iowa visiting my grandmother because she may be passing away really, really soon. Um, and that little cousin showed up and he went to a foster family and he's 16 years old right now. And the kid is incredible. Yeah. Like this kid is amazing. The most well-spoken, polite kid. But there were so many people that would not give this kid a chance. Yeah. They wouldn't give him a chance. And I'm like, and, and, and I have a family member that wouldn't take him in. Like it wasn't a good fit for their home, but like nobody would give this kid a chance. They're like, there's no way. And I even remember like me and my wife were like, I don't know, man. Like we weren't in the time when, when he was that age, we were just married and we weren't really in a position to adopt somebody or mm -hmm. take a kid in. Yeah. We weren't ready for that yet. But even us, we were like, man, you know, it's kind of scary. Like this, he's violent already. Like he could be going down a bad path. This might not work out for him. But now he is the most incredible young man, polite, on his way, straight A's, in sports, like has his whole future ahead of him. Yeah. And nobody gave him a chance. Yeah. It's like, bro, we got to give these kids a chance, man. You got to give these kids a chance. You can't write people off. Dude, I It love, doesn't matter. You can't write them off. I'm not going to lie, bro. You got me jacked up. Like I'm ready to run through a brick wall right now. You know I what mean, I'm saying? Yeah, like, dude. Like fucking yeah. juiced. Sure, man. So, for sure. Um, I got it. We're going to wrap up on the last one because I know I know you got some events going on today. But, um, man, so the last segment we have is called Spice of the Week, sponsored by Joe's Backyard Smokehouse. Love you too, Joe. Um, Spice of the Week is something. Tell us something in the last week, big, small, whatever it may be, that kind of like a few days after you remember it, like, man, that was pretty dope that that happened. Right. And I'll give you two examples. Um, number one. My, uh, my co-host, Keon, uh, I always give this example because I think it's pretty amazing. He was Christmas shopping last year with his son, and some, some old-timer just came up to him and said, you're not done, are you? And he said, yeah. He said, dude, the kid, he's not going to be this age forever. And he slipped him 100 bucks and said, hey, go get some more, right? And he was yeah. like, bro, this is dope. And my other example, I like the small things in life. Sometimes you're having a little bit of a tough week, and can't sleep right sometimes you go through as you can see i like food a little bit i see that perfect like midnight snack and then you. like two two or three days later you're like bro but that bowl of cereal smacked at one in the morning dude it was incredible <laughs> you know what i mean so that sure. is that's kind of the segment the idea is to get people to look a little bit more at the positives you know everybody has tough days everybody has honestly majority of the times you're going through a lot of adversity but it's those little victories that we're like damn that was pretty dope. So would you like me to go first? Or? Yeah, go first. All right. First. So I've actually, ironically, I have had a difficult week, man. We've, we've hit a lot. We've hit, a, we've hit an uphill mountain lately, bro, in all the mm -hmm. business ventures, everything. So, but you know how it is. You got to keep climbing. So um, the other night, I was laying in bed, and I'm just kind of being a little bit negative, you know, yeah. probably got to get out of my head. And next thing you know... Um, she calls in and our, our kids come in and, and my daughter, she just kind of lays there and we both laid there for like 20 minutes. And I'm just like whispering funny things into her, like trying to annoy my wife at the time. And I'm like, hey, she hates me. She doesn't love me. And at, Avery's just cracking up about it. And we get 30 minutes down and I realize I had completely forgotten about everything that was going on. I'm just having a great time with my kids and we're hanging out in the bedroom. We're not watching TV. We're not distracting ourselves or anything else. We're just we're having fun with each other. And that right there is kind of, that was my spice of the week. I yeah. just realized like, damn, all I need to do is hang out with my, hang out with my crew a little bit. Yeah. And I feel pretty good, you know? No, I get it. So. Um, that's funny, man. It, you know, I, 
our, my kids are the same way. It's like sometimes I get so much in the mode and then just hanging out with them for five minutes and giving them my full attention. Yes. It's hard, right? Yeah. Hard. Sometimes I, is, they're man. in the background and they're doing their thing. Hey, you know, and you see them. Hey, love you. You know, and they walk by and it's cool. And, but you're not giving them your full attention, right? And they yeah. need that. Um, and in this world, it's hard to give somebody your full attention. So it, it, anyways, yeah, I mean, mine is, I told you, man, I went back and I saw my grandma. So mm. I had the, like the darkest moment in my, uh, and one of my darkest moments in my life. Um, I've had a lot of loss this year, bro. Yeah. Like in April, my best friend died unexpectedly. He's 37 years old, Sorry, had a heart man. attack. Um, rough, yeah. really, really rough. Um, but you know, I'm driving down to bare knuckle and my, my grandma had been going in and out of the hospital and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm probably gonna have to go back and see her soon. Yeah. You know, this isn't looking great. Um, so then she's in the hospital and I'm thinking, oh, they're gonna get her fixed up. Well, I'm driving down to bare knuckle with, with a buddy of mine and we're going to Columbia, South Carolina for our last show that we did. And we're halfway there and my cousin calls me and she is bawling. And I'm like, oh shit, you know, did, yeah. did it happen? What's happening, you know? And yeah. she goes, she's just going home. I'm like, what do you mean she's going home? She's like, she said she doesn't want to fight no more. She's going to go home and be comfortable. And like, like it's like the air came out of me and I'm yeah. like, okay. You know, I started getting real upset, you know, getting choked up and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, all right, well, you know, I, I'm almost to work. So I got to do the show, right? You know what I mean? Because that part of me hits and I'm like, well, the show must go on. I got to go at least announce the show. It was already five o'clock in the afternoon. It's not like I could catch a flight to Iowa right then anyway. So I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm going to go work. Somehow get through it. I got through I, I got through it and everything. And I went back and saw her and I'm preparing for the worst. I, the kids came with me. My wife came with me. Thankfully, we're all four could go and it wasn't just me by myself. Yeah. But we went there and I'm in my, and my grandma's there and she's in a little recliner and she's, smaller, frailer, I kind of had a yellow tint to her. And I'm like, you know, I'll hit you like, oh shit, like this is it. You know what I mean? And yeah. my wife, who is an absolute saint, um, she's a nurse at the VA and she's like feeding her ice chips and moving yeah. her around and making sure she's comfortable. And she kind of had some, had a rash on her butt and stuff from sitting in a chair the whole time. She's taking yeah. care of doing all these things for her. And my grandma was like the most independent person in the world. Yeah. Didn't need help from anybody. And all of a sudden, like she has to have all the help. You know what I mean? Yeah. So all my family starts showing up and she, uh, at one point, like two days ago, she just goes, I am so happy. She goes, how many people in their life get a chance to see everybody that they love, to visit with them and tell them how much I, they care about them. She goes, I'm having a living memorial right now. She goes, I am the happiest I've ever been. Yeah. And I'm like, how can somebody be the happiest they've ever been when they're dying? You know, like they're literally, it's, but um, every day it got better. And my wife would feed her a little bit more and fed her some mashed potatoes and gave her a popsicle. And she just, all of a sudden, like day by day, kept getting better. And then I came home, I finally had to leave and I had like really emotional goodbye and I'm hugging her. I'm like, okay, this is probably the last time I ever hugged my grandma and I'm hugging her and stuff and I'm leaving, I'm all tore up, you know, and I leave and I come home and every day she keeps getting better. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's funny, but yesterday she was eating a hot sausage sandwich 
with onion rings. Yes. And she was on mashed potatoes and ice chips. And like wow. now she's giving herself ice chips and she's eating food. Not a lot, but eating food. Yeah. And it's like, we may have months with her. Yeah. Who knows what this is? And my wife was like, sometimes they go to hospice and you think it's days and it's months. And it's six months and you just don't know. And yeah. it's like, she just needed to come home. She just needed to see her family. And like, she even told my brother yesterday, I feel like I have a reason to live now. I'm like, wow. That's such a game changer, bro. Yeah, so that means it doesn't get any bigger than that, man. Like, yeah. you, caught, you caught me at a very interesting time in my life, bro. Dude, incredible. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just not a run-of-the-mill week. It's opening a business. And like, and I literally, I missed my grand opening because I had to run to Iowa to be with my grandma. Like, I couldn't be here when we opened up the doors. Yeah. Like, um, it's been crazy, man, but yeah. but it's beautiful. And it's like, it's beautiful that you guys, and I, I, I've been bragging to everybody. I'm like, they're literally coming from Florida to interview me. <laughs> Florida. Yeah. Like, bro, like you could have <laughs> called in. We could have Zoomed this thing out. You you wanted to be here. Like, yeah. And I commend you, and I think you're going to do great, bro. And I think you're 38, 39 episodes in. Um you're going to do incredible because you're putting the time in your, the effort and the consistency. There has to be so much consistency in this game. You can't slow down. You can't stop. You got to keep going if you want to catch traction. Yeah. So like what you're doing is so commendable. I give you guys all the props in the world, man. And, and I think you're going to do great. I think it's going to be really, really good, man. I no. think it'll be good. Yeah, I'm not going to cry for the end of this. <laughs> but. That's literally what my goal is, is to make you yes, cry. No, no, exactly. no, it's, it's not. But yeah. No, that's awesome, um, man. So again, yeah. dude, thank you so much for the opportunity. Like, for sure. like I said, we flew in last night. The last, the last 16 hours of just being in this environment in this city being here for sure like it's it's been a whirlwind dude now i'm fucking this is gonna go down as one of my favorite trips already because this is <laughs> i love the story dude yeah ups and downs exciting also but like you know adversity but it's just it, like i said this is gonna go down as one of my favorite podcasts i've ever been a part of and i fucking <laughs> love it dude so and you're in an arcade there right? you go bro yeah, so yeah, yeah um thank you again man um and the last thing i do want to have i want to give you just 20 seconds um shout out anything that you want to shout out get people to come into your arcade whatever it is if you can stay right there man. yeah well shout out to, to bucked up bucked up I'm not sponsored but i could be yes you know what I mean? one day um with the rocket pop it's legit shout out to bare knuckle so i am wearing my store thing but just so everybody knows i have bare knuckle there underneath go. there we go that's my mic thing so oh. I'm, I'm always giving love to bare knuckle yes um but yeah man uh you can find me online solid at cyrus the show on everything yes uh i tell everybody time i do an interview i'm like man i need followers <laughs> i need followers it's hard man it's <laughs> it so is. hard to catch traction because i'm not i don't love social media yeah. so it's like it's hard to catch traction so give me a follow on whatever you want to follow me on um yeah, come out to Vision Quest if you're ever in East Tennessee. Yes. Come and see us, man. We'll, we'll give you a good time, man. It'll, it'll be fun. But, yeah, thanks for coming out, man. I appreciate it. Awesome, man. Appreciate you, bro. Be easy. Two dimes and a token. You make roasty.